Welcome into the I-80 Club Saturday night after dark because it's literally after dark because the sun is up because it is a Sunday again. Schedules have gotten in the way and so here we are one more time on a hopefully one more time on a Sunday morning though hopefully no news breaks this week like it did last week. He's Jack Mitchell. I am Josh Peterson. We come to you the day after Nebraska falls to the Oklahoma Sooners by a final score of 49 to 14. Jack, it's it's interesting doing these things on Sunday because all of the immediate emotion, I think it's probably gone. And now, I don't know about you, but for me, kind of like the sadness and depression of the rest of the season, I think it is totally set in. Though I will add, I know a big part of that is being annoyed by the Urban Meyer conversation. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I think we'll get to that here in a bit because I got a yeah. little alert about Urban Meyer when I was in church on my phone yes. today. But uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Let me start by saying this, and I don't. I was not hit that hard by what happened yesterday. And you guys know me; I get hit hard by everything, right? I was gonna say, like I really yeah. do. I get, but it was like, you, you know, you know how I talk about how I have the feeling that uh, feelings after a bad game, uh, after a loss. Plenty of experience with that, where. I'm just like ready to disconnect to college football. I don't want to think about it. I want to go do anything other than listen to post game or or yep. watch other college football games. I had almost none of that feeling yesterday. And it's interesting and I I don't know exactly what part of it is because it's this is what I expected in this game. I mean sure. I mean this is absolutely what what I expected. Not I mean I think my prediction was not quite as bad as it was. Uh I think I said 41 20 or something like that. But I didn't expect it to be a tight game, um, and and whatever euphoria or hope that I had the first five minutes of the game was gone so quickly that that did, sure. there wasn't even kind of a, a hangover from from that. So I I, I don't know I and I just it, it still feels different to me. It feels significantly and importantly different to me with you know this this sort of a, a loss without frost. And without without everything, the conversation that goes around it. The change has been made. I thought the change needed to be made. I expect mm-hmm. it to be an incredibly difficult situation for the rest of this season. I do have some I mean, yesterday, notwithstanding, I you know, I still I've given up hope on at least having some moments of joy this year, but I'm also like at peace and understanding that it's gonna be a, an incredibly long slog because, this coaching staff, the the team as it is right now, they've been put in a terrible position for a variety of reasons, uh, and, and so like it's hard to even be, it, it's hard for me to even just be too mad about anyone who's currently there about how it's it's going right now. And when you take that away, um, I don't know. I, I I just felt differently. I'm not trying to make anything positive out of it by any means. Are you are you mad at all about the situation the program finds itself in? Because I think that's yeah. where maybe my frustration falls. Is like, but, I mean, it's and and I want to explore this. You know, we can explore it this morning. I know I know I want to explore it on the radio this week with John. But like the program and where it's being left for whomever is next, and certainly for Mickey Joseph and company for now the the remaining eight games, like. It's obvious just how far away they they find themselves to be, and and look, maybe yesterday isn't totally indicative. Like that's kind of maybe what what you try to talk yourself into is that maybe Oklahoma's actually this good. Um, it was a weird week for Nebraska. 
a coach learning how to be a head coach on the fly and, and after a bye week and then some quote unquote easier competition, you know, starting with Indiana and Rutgers, maybe they're able to find their sea legs and, and while they're not as bad as yesterday, they're they're at least a little better and so the next eight games aren't gonna be a complete slog. But there's the other part of me that's like, Man, this program is not good. Yeah. And the defense especially and the offensive line, like the, the offensive line, it's not like they have been hidden. Their struggles have been hidden because we've talked about them plenty. You and I have, we have on the radio. But, man, they, they have definitely taken a bit of a backseat to how bad the defense has been. And I think yesterday was that was that first game this year where it's Ooh. like, oh, God, yeah. that, def- or that offensive line is bad, and yep. it might get a quarterback like knocked out of a game this year. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, though, Josh, is I had come to terms with that after Georgia Southern. Yeah, uh, that's, that, that yeah, they that's were fair. that 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 is who they are right now. Now, how they got there from where they were at the end of last year, I think, is still an interesting discussion because all the problems, the final record last year aside, there's no reason that they should have gotten this this much worse this quickly. And yeah. you know, we can talk about the Scott Frost impact on that. We can talk about under. You know, under underrating the the losses that the team took this year, but to me that's a, a a fascinating discussion because there is no doubt this team is significant significantly worse so far three games through the season than they ever were last year, right? Yeah. How yeah. how how does that happen exactly? And, and and you supposedly bring in a little bit of new blood in in the coaching staff. Frost is still there, but that. Uh, that's that's the biggest question for me, and that has nothing to do with Mickey Joseph. <laughs> um, that has nothing to do with you know the the next several weeks. I don't think will they be able to over, overcome it at least to to some degree. I don't know if they will. I, I mean, I honestly yeah. don't know if they will. I don't really think that in in the what five days, six five six days that the the post Scott Frost regime had a chance to get a team ready. I just don't think it was uh, maybe I have too low of expectations, but with where they were with everything that happened, the emotional impact, everything that happened with that team, I don't know how they could have been in in, in much better shape than they were yesterday. Um yeah. I I I think if there are dividends to be paid, they'll manifest themselves later in this year. And I don't know if they will. I I mean I legit yeah. I don't know if they will. But if that happens, I think you're going to see it weeks into the process, not five yeah. days. And well, yeah, I mean, suddenly one and eleven feels very much on the table, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll go one and eleven. If I were to set a win total right now for the whole season, so counting the win they already have, I'd probably make it like three and a half if I'm looking to get action on both sides. Um, but maybe two and a half is a better number. I mean, maybe this is going to end up being a two or a three win team, or like I said, maybe maybe even a, a one win team. I, it's funny. It's on the I let table. the emotion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I let the emotion of last week definitely get to my prediction. I on the show I picked forty seven thirty seven. Uh, even though the longer the week went on, I remember talking about it on and off the air with people about the offense and like, are we sure that the offense is as good as we as it's shown the last couple of weeks? Because like they did put up thirty eight points on North Dakota, but they only had seven at the half. They did put up 42 on Georgia Southern, but it felt like they were playing from behind. And, and in a couple of key moments, they had to punt or they were unable to get a first down and, and they gave the ball back to Georgia Southern. And I just, I kind of let the emotion of like, 
oh, hey, they're, they're going to be playing in a different way, get to me. And certainly on the first drive, the first defensive and first offensive drive, that's what they did. And, man, then reality just hit him in the face, and it kind of hit me in the face. And and so you're right. Any any dividends that are going to be made, I mean, dude, we might not see that until November. And and, and mm-hmm. what would that even look like? A close game with Wisconsin? I mean, that's well, yeah. that's the thing. And I think a, a comment from Taylor that I think is, is pretty spot on, it makes the fix feel like it's going to take three plus years, and that's the most frustrating part. Right. Like it's, I don't know, Jack, about you, but for me, it was hard not to watch yesterday and just think of what is to come. And and you know how often after Tim Miles was fired, you you were very consistent in saying like this is going to be a long, long, long process, and you have been so spot on. And I wonder if we are about to re-enter a similar discussion with football, barring. You know, a kick-ass hire that can come in and flip the culture and the roster. The roster can certainly be flipped, but turn the thing around immediately. And it's just, I don't know, I'm probably overreacting at September 18th. But in the moment, it just feels like that thing is so far away. uh, Look, and that's why I was where I was last November and December. Um, And and hindsight is 20-20. And had I known everything and how I'd know the beginning of this season could go and everything that we now seem to know behind the scenes, I might have changed. But... My, I, I, I thought, I, again, I thought it was going to be such a long rebuild if you made a change. And I know everybody was pointing out Mel Tucker to me and all of those sorts of things, and I still hope that happens. But I thought it was going to be such a long rebuild that and it was so likely to be that that I thought it was worth a chance one one last time to see if you could do it without a full rebuild. And you couldn't. You didn't. And I, I turned out to be wrong. I mean, I, I'm... I'm admitting that now. I think there were some things I didn't know at the time, but yeah, Josh, that's that's how it feels. They they're at a point now where it it does feel like it's they've got further to go. This is crazy to say. I mean, I guess you could have said this after Riley, maybe, maybe not even though that they've got further to go than they ever have. Yeah. In yeah, all, I mean, th- in all of the crap over the last 20 years. It feels yeah. like they've got further to go to get to where they want to be than they ever have. I mean, th- this team might be the worst that we've ever seen, right? I mean, that is very much on the table. Re- forget record-wise, because last year's team re- record-wise is the worst, and I-, I know a lot of people would say that they are not actually the worst football team of the No, this of the last post. year, well, I just said, yeah, I agree with you. Last yeah. year was, yeah. without question, a better... I mean, staying within a single... <laughs> close losses, I get it. But this yeah. team, the team right now, is not staying, is not playing that game against Michigan last year. Right? No. Oh God, dude! I mean, hell, they're gonna play Michigan this year. They, they, they. Right. I mean, you know, the, they're not put, you, put another donut yeah, on UConn yesterday. We'll that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and so, I think that's that. What you just said, like that's the part. And look, if, if they make a change last year, we we talked about it enough yesterday. So I don't. We don't need to relitigate it. But like, what it means for the fan base and what it means for support, like all of that is certainly on the table. And and you know that that is like the one positive silver lining of right now is that the fan base knew that they had to make the change. But, man, I mean, this year is certainly punted on. And, and you just you wonder how long things are punted on. I, I guess the thing I keep tra- telling myself, and, I, and look, I think that this can absolutely be true, is that the market of last year, at least on paper right now, is nowhere near what the market will be this year. And I'm doing a little prognosticating, and maybe I'm going to look like an idiot. But, I mean, last year, USC, LSU, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, yeah. Florida, Oregon, it's, I mean, just so many places were open that I don't, I mean, those schools are not going to be open this year, so that you're already starting ahead. Auburn will be. Auburn is such a different job than Nebraska, so like, you know, oh well. Uh, so, so that's where I keep coming back to is they're first to the market, 
The jobs aren't going to be as insane this year, as insanely good. Mm-hmm. And so that should help Nebraska. Uh, but I, I really, honestly, I think that's kind of the only thing you can maybe hope for. Yeah, that is, is that the is that they just get a kick-ass hire, and that helps. That That is an interesting question. What will that competition, in, in projecting forward a little bit, and you got into it a little bit, I don't know, could Notre Dame be there after one year? I, probably not, but that would be someone else who could enter into that conversation. Um, and, and things could still happen this year. I mean, a team could fall off the cliff, but, you know, the, the, the very big names, you, uh, I guess if Harbaugh flirted with leaving again like he always does, but who else is out there at this point where that's a possibility? I mean, it can't. It's it's hard. You you mentioned Auburn, but who else at this point? Yeah. When you think of like I mean the top the top whatever thirty jobs. Yeah, the, the you know, and the one the one part that you know does make this a little harder is did I certainly didn't see Notre Dame or Oklahoma opening up last year. So like that's the like I could have seen Florida true. and LSU, it, but Notre yeah. Dame and Oklahoma and USC. But but those guys going to those schools is really what was a game changer. And so that's why I'm looking like right now I'm looking at the the top twenty five before it gets updated. Uh, you know the top job. I mean Ohio State. That I think that that can open, but that's with Ryan Day going to the pros. So I start there. Alabama I guess could open if Nick Saban decided to retire. Which who knows? He's getting up there in age but but after that you're looking at a lot of schools with first year coaches i mean like kentucky could open but that would be because mark stoops goes to a quote-unquote better job utah i guess could open and again that's because their head coach is going to a better job baylor could open again ole miss could open but what i'm describing is coaches leaving their program to go to another program that right. it at least on the surface right now i don't really see a job that is going to get open in the top 25 because somebody gets fired. Things, but, hey, it's all also September 18th. Like the I, the, I the possibilities are if things really go south at Texas A&M, that could be one. Yeah. Um, yes. Though that'd be a hell of a buyout. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Stanford is considered a, a top 20, 30 job. That's, that's a possibility at this mm-hmm. point. And then after that. Arizona State, as, as Oliver Arizona State, and, Cup, yeah. and Lashoon, they point out, yeah. None of those feel like, uh, but none of those feel like you know, front line. Like they're not USC, Florida, Notre right. Dame, LSU. I mean, I get it. I'm not personalizing. Nebraska still a great job. I, I'm not doing that, but I still think Nebraska has some advantages over Stanford, for instance. Oh, in I mean, yeah, that's a brutal. It's a it's a brutal job. And and look, they've really come back down to earth over the last couple of years too. So like, this isn't even your slightly older brother Stanford of a couple of years ago. Like this is. It's a tough. It's like it's always been a tough job, but man, it's, right now, Jack, it looks like a brutal. It looks job. like it used to, <laughs> for most of our lives. Yeah. yeah, that 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 Stanford job. So yeah, you're right. But you also make a really good point. Things happen. Things unexpected happen. People take other jobs out of nowhere, and that that certainly could happen. But on on paper, it looks that way. Uh, let, let's get to the Urban Meyer thing just right off the bat. Um, uh, you know, as soon so you and I have both been on the. Uh, don't Even hire with, him. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I do feel that way, but I, I, at least I've been on the. They are not going to hire him. Oh yeah, yeah. We of, are very similar. Regardless in that. of how happening. I feel, I thought that. I thought that yeah. without any information on it, and then I got. Yep. And then I heard. I mean, Brendan said it on my show with the mic mm-hmm. on. Uh, he, he said he <laughs> multiple times. He said this is not happening. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. was not bashful about that, yeah. and there were a lot of people that said, "What does he know?" Guys, I think he might have a good idea. Okay, he knows. <laughs> he might. He, knows. he might have a good idea. So I never thought it was a thing. And then I see yesterday 
where they're uh, where they're doing the thing at the beginning of Big Noon Sunday. We talked about this on our show yesterday. But right away they start the thing out like hyping up the crowd. You want this guy as your next coach? Which yeah. made me me think he's not they're not do he's not agreeing to let them do this if he's really thinking about doing it. If he would actually going to go take the right. job. Right. I mean, it yeah. has just been a whole bunch of things that make his name viable again to be a coach, which so what I got this push notification this morning and I don't know how much you guys you have read about it, but it was what Pete Thamel who who Pete said Pete Thamel said it, yeah. He said he's not he didn't meet with well, I don't know if he said didn't meet with Nebraska or or I'm, I'm remembering yeah. what I read during Here, the let me, let me I'll push, pull up the exact push tweet. Notification, Source, but also there's said been no contact yeah. between Nebraska and Urban Meyer. He's expected to remain at Fox and not pursue coaching opportunities. And that goes in the face of the Dennis Dodd report from yesterday that Urban Meyer was contacted, though Dennis Dodd reported that he doesn't know. Let me see if I can find it. He may have been contacted as an outside source to vet other potential candidates for the position. So Dodd is basically saying Trev Alberts and, and Urban Meyer talked. He doesn't know what they talked about. They could have talked about the best place to grab a meal, Jack and Lincoln, Nebraska. Pete Dammel says there's no, been no contact at all. He's expected to remain. Wow. So, I mean, those are two big national guys, and they're both saying the exact opposite thing. I, if he contacted him, I, I personally don't think that it was uh, uh, anywhere near a serious conversation to go to Nebraska. Josh, if no, it, no way. I I think if they did have contact, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, just kind of what, what I mean, wasn't Sipple saying? Did, didn't we? Didn't Sipple report something like that that they had talked? Was that you that sent me that? Maybe it was somebody else. Um, oh oh yeah 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 because he he included the thing from Brendan Stye. Yeah he. Uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. This was on this was on Friday, I believe, on Husker Online, and it was. Uh, it was a kind of like a long wordy post. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he said, heard this morning from a highly connected source in the coaching industry that Trev Alberts will indeed meet with Urban Meyer this weekend if it hasn't happened already. Right, well, that, but again, you know, like like the Dennis Dodd report, it's just like they're meeting. There's nothing beyond like, or, or is he actually gauging his interest well, on the job, or is it because Urban Meyer knows coaches in the community? And could it also be if if a national show comes into town like that when Trev Alberts is in the news? That would if college game day were in in town, I would kind of think Kirk Herbstreet would talk to him, right? Yeah, sure. Exactly. I mean, just just yeah. to get a little background on on what they say and get a feel for things. But I I fully believe that when Trev said about one week ago to the hour, uh, or not quite the hour, but when he was talking about you're going to hear reports yeah. of me talking to coaches, don't take too much for them. I 100 percent he saw this coming. This Yo, exact by far, yeah. This or the exact Urban Meyer situation. The timing, I mean. the timing of it. I mean, he fires Frost, and a week later they're playing Big Noon Saturday against their their biggest rival, and and the the biggest coaching candidate on the market in theory is literally coming into town. Like he he was absolutely getting ahead of it, and he did a good job because every article that mentions the supposed meeting. Also does have the caveat of, but Trev said <laughs> there might be rumors of these things, and it doesn't mean he's asking them for the job. So yeah. that was a masterful quote from him last week to get out ahead of this type of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if that puts that to bed once and for all or not. Probably not. In reality, I think it is put in bed. Although yeah. there does seem to be a bit of a groundswell in in favor of of Urban, uh, at least among a section of the fan base, and I don't know, I don't know how many you guys who are in here. I don't know who's. I I got to look again at the top five coaches list. How many of you guys put him in there? But there's more people who want it than I thought. I, I, I guess think I would say. I, how much is that? You think yesterday? Like, let's pretend. Yeah. Pretend that they they play well. They lose another close game. Um, 
I bet people leave that and they're like, you know, all right, well, we're, we're close. We're closer. But since they got their asses kicked, I think there's a lot of folks that are like, this is a broken program. There's one man who can ride in and save the job. Though, and, and I know you are going to agree with me on this, like, there's no guarantee. And look, there's not a guarantee with anybody. But there's no guarantee that this version of Urban Meyer is the urban that you think he is. And, like, that's the thing that I keep trying to remind people that I talk to about it. Like, this is <laughs> the 2018 version of Urban Meyer. Like, that, that Urban Meyer was kind of losing control of the job. And that was the first year with the transfer portal, so it's way different now. He was not in the name, image, likeness world. And his reputation has really taken a hit over the last year. A lot of it because of what happened in Jacksonville, but also the Zach Smith situation. Like again, there's no yeah. guarantee that he could recruit at the same level he used to or coach at the same level he used to. But I think that yesterday, I think that did a number on some people, Jack, and I think that's why a lot of fans are like, "Screw it, throw up your hands." He's the last resort. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about putting together some kind of a. I'm still working on this. Some sort of a uh, evaluation metric I can plug every coaching candidate into and give them Ooh. ratings across a whole bunch of different things. I've been thinking about it, and I'm going to work on it this week. But one of the things – and this is super subjective, and it's what I want. But one of the things – and I don't know how I would fit this into that. One of the things I don't want because I'm exhausted of is drama. It is is I, I want the Yeah, least, and you're getting that in space I do with not Urban. want the drama, the personal life, the yeah. scandals. The, yeah. I just – I don't want any of that. Uh, the the tiffs with media, any of that. Oh God! Uh, I just wh- whoever like that is seriously a, something that I think is important uh, with this hire, and that does not seem like a a good deal there. So, assuming that's out, I don't know. I don't know if the if if people. I mean, if that's out, there's no like clear favorite from the fan base now. Really? I mean, do you get that sense if you if you take Urban out? Do you yeah. think there's a consensus yeah, favorite among the fan base no. now? It's Definitely all not. Over the board. It, it's like a it's like it, a primary election with 32 candidates. You know. Yeah, it, you know what it is. Stick to sports, but it's like the the when when the Democratic uh, nomination process began in 2019, and they literally had to have two debates because there were 20 right. candidates on yeah. the stage. And um, get, getting 10 percent meant you were in, in yeah. the plurality. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of ways I kind of want to take this, but I'll just move on. Um, I think you're right, and and I think the thing that I have laughed at, and I, I'm sure you've noticed this too, Jack, is like every hot board you read, every coach is comparable to like Scott Frost, Mike Riley, Bo Pelini, or some other bad coach from another school. Like everything is like, it's like, why this coach is good? Well, he had, look at his background. It just lists off all the accomplishments. Why this coach is bad? Well, he's in the group of five, and Scott Frost is in the group of five. And it's like, come on. Like, we can't just do these one-to-one. Like, Matt Campbell has quickly become young Mike Riley for a lot of people. Well, look, <laughs> he, he's, he has a 500 so record bad. at Iowa State. He didn't beat Iowa until this year, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if we're going to do this with everybody, no one is going to make anyone happy. You know, Bill O'Brien, I've even had to do that with myself with Bill O'Brien, who I think is a... Look, I think Bill O'Brien is on the short list. Um, and, and I have had to tell myself, like, Josh, he sucked at, in Houston, but that's the NFL. Look at what he did in a very short time with Penn State. He recruited well. He coached well. Um, that You want to talk about, Jack, a program with drama or a program in shambles. That Penn State institution a decade ago was whew, a dumpster fire for, like, the worst ways imaginable. And he went in there and dealt with that insane fan base and won, I think, eight games, and then won seven games, True. and then he ended up going 
to the NFL. Like that guy can handle that type of stuff. But I have had to like have pause with myself again of Houston, and it's like, man, but Josh, like that's the NFL, and and so I I've had that internal argument, you know, with myself even. Yeah, I that I, I agree. and he didn't. As someone points out, he didn't even like totally suck there. Like it fell apart at the end, but he took him to the playoffs four times. You know, just by the by the very the last season was was pretty bad. You know, as, as <laughs> Oliver, you know. Bill O'Brien is Bill Callahan. They even have the same first name. <laughs> Seriously, I feel like I could read that on a. On uh, yeah, a I know. We well, got, but his name is the same. The, as Callahan. Yeah, it's such a weird Nebraska only centric way to compare every coach into one of yeah. three Nebraska. Like Jamie Chadwell. Jamie coaches. Chadwell. He's Scott Frost. He's in the group of five. Like no, just because one group of five coach failed. Urban Meyer was in the group of five. Like, what are we doing here? No, Everybody I, has to start somewhere. Yes. Everyone is somewhere else before they make a huge jump. Yeah, I I I completely agree with you. I totally agree with you. But I, I, I'm I'm still at the point, Josh. One of the things that's most interesting to me is, and and I hope this isn't doing what you and I are saying people are doing. But one thing that is still fascinating to me is if you can find someone who has had success as a head coach in a Power Five conference, who has had unquestioned success. Because that is still a road Nebraska has not gone down with any of the, any of the coaches that they've hired. And what I'll, is, in your opinion, unquestioned success? That's, that's what, a good like. Qu- that's a fair. Does Bill O'Brien question. fit that for you, or no? Because it was only two years and he didn't win the league. Yeah, that's a fair question. That's a totally fair question. Um, I I don't know for sure. I need to think about that. I need to. I guess I need to sort of line up the candidates and see how they break out on that. And see like I'm who, looking. Like, where does Matt Campbell fit on that? That's what I was going to ask you, because I'm looking at the World Herald list, and I'm just trying to find Power 5 coaches on it. So, like, Dave Aranda, Matt Campbell, uh, Dave Doran. I mean, Luke Fickle's not at a a Power 5, but, you know, obviously kind of close enough. And he did coach at Ohio State. He did coach at one. Uh, Let's see, Chris Kleiman, Lance Leipold, uh, Pat Narduzzi, Bill O'Brien, Gary Patterson, Chris Peterson, Mark Stoops. Okay, so okay, that's the some, list. There's some unquestionable. I mean, yeah, there's there's some in there. Stoops, yeah. obviously. Uh, Pat, yep. Patterson, even though he hasn't, because he hasn't won the the league. That's true. Or the division. That's even. True. This is why I gotta make this in this metric. I yeah. need to give some some numbers and some some ratings to all these things. But I will tell you this, Josh, Lance Leipold's name is. Oh, I mean, with dude. what they did yesterday, it is hard. It, I mean. It's hard to not look at what he has done there and not by unbelievably impressed by it. Like yeah. you want to talk about Dude, a they already hit their over. Fire. They played three games and they've hit the over. You want to see it here look at a dumpster fire of a program. Yes. And have and, and speak of going through a bunch of coaches that were terrible ideas. Yeah. I mean, legit exactly what Kansas did after Mangino. Right? Turner Gill was there. Remember that? Turner Gill. Yeah, I was I was Charlie that Weiss was, was there. Miles, Remember that? Charlie Les Weiss. Miles. Yep. I mean, yep. horrible. I hate to compare Nebraska to Kansas, but the the period of the last decade or so of those schools, decade plus is feels sort of similar at least in what they've done in looking for that right coach. Plus, so, I mean, I don't know how much this matters to you or others. He has literally coached in the state. He was at Nebraska, obviously he was at he was at UNO. Um, you know, the, I, I don't know personally, Jack, how much coaching or not coaching in the big 10 matters to me, mm-hmm. but that I know would be a knock for some is that yep. he has never been a coach. Put that in my index. I'm going to put that in my index. Yeah. I don't know how much I'll weigh it, but I'm going to put that in my index. 
You know, mm-hmm. Brendan says something I think is really right. <laughs> so many people have a gut reaction to these coaches on this list, like the names you just mentioned. That's a terrible idea. And Brendan says, yep. everybody's spoken whole in these coaches. It's a pretty good list. People are evaluating yeah. as if we'll have our pick and finding reasons they're not perfect. Lot can change, and not all of them will be available. It could come down to one or two that, is, that are gettable. Like, yep. of, of the na- like, of the list that we're talking about, if you take the top ten or so candidates that are out there, like, there's a few that I really, you know, that I really would be more intrigued with than others. But on the other hand, there isn't really any of them where, like, yeah, that's a terrible idea. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have that reaction. I, I, no, none of the I, guys I, that I just named what d- gave me a visceral. Well, look, I'll be honest. I am not a fan of Dave Doran. I think he's pretty average. He's had a ton of talent, and they never win anything of note. That yeah. could change this year. That's I'll fun. admit that. But Dave Doran is, is, a, is a coach that... L- like, of all the dudes I just named to you, he is last for me. I do not want Dave Dorn at Nebraska. Yeah. But that's just yeah. me. Yeah, Otherwise, though, yeah. All those, okay. so I'd be like, yeah, cool. But like, I, don't have that re- I don't have that reaction about Campbell. I don't have that reaction about Leipold. I don't know that I would have that reaction, a negative reaction, you know, say a Bill O'Brien or a Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I just don't know, which is yeah. the difficulty about this whole thing. But it always, it always is a little entertaining. Like, I mentioned something about – all I did was tweet the Kansas score when they were up by two touchdowns in the first half against Houston, and I did the buggy eyes or, or whatever. And there was a guy who just went off on Twitter about what a bad hire Leipold would be. I was like, oh, really? I mean, uh, it might not work. It, it it might not work, but I do not see it as just that horrendous, like just a clearly, abjectly horrendous idea, which a lot of people yeah. do with a lot of these coaches. Yeah, me neither, man. Yeah. Like every all of these coaches could fail cuz the program is in such a spot that nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. But to say like unequivocally that any of them would because of themselves like I guess I just don't really I don't really understand it. It is interesting I don't understand now, it at now all. that we've agreed that the the program is as low as it's ever been. It's gone through all kinds of, you know, trauma and and all kinds of mistakes. I I wonder how much more each of us and and all of you guys think that the actual experience of having gone into a situation like that and turned it around is important to people, right? Like how much, how much does that, we talked about big 10 experience now that factors in, and I talked about power five experience, but how much is that just like reparative part of, of a resume? Is that becoming more important every week as we look at like, is it, It does does a, yeah. Like does a Leipold get a bonus in yeah. your mind because of what he's doing or, or what you said Bill or O'Brien. Matt Campbell, you know, You're, Campbell uh, to some it, degree, Bill O'Brien, I think too. Yeah. Uh, it's um, a very, it's a very good question. Cause you know, you'll have coaches at, at all levels of football. You have pro coaches that are program builders. And then you have the ones that are program sustainers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and depending on where uh, you are at the time, it, it's better to have one or the other. Like I always thought, you know, after his stint with the giants at Bill Parcells, that guy was someone who wanted to build. Mm-hmm. And that's why after the Giants, he never won another Super Bowl, but he always entered situations that were kind of at rock bottom, whether it was with the Patriots, the Jets, and even the Cowboys, and he always built them back up. But by the time that they that, that they were kind of set, he would bounce. He would leave. He wouldn't be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And a part of that, too, was he had a huge personality and mm-hmm. he didn't work well with his owners. But, I mean, you, you see that now in, in like college football. Like After Osborne, Nebraska needed someone who could really, really – sustain like ryan day i think is a great sustainer yeah i don't know if he is a program builder but that's also because i mean 
your first head coaching job is at Ohio State, you're born on third base. Right. Um, Nebraska, I, I do think Nebraska needs a – obviously they need a program builder because they've taken such a huge step back. And that's why that's why Leipold is pretty fascinating to me. Um, that's why Matt Campbell is fascinating to me, given this, the program, of course, that he has had success with. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what the other interesting thing is, Josh? Like, for instance, at the beginning of this, I think when I put out my rankings, I had Lane Kiffin at one or two, even though I don't think that's likely at all. But he wouldn't fit that bill. Like, you know, the the, the builder, right? Uh, very much, you know, in the places yeah, that I don't he's think been. So. Tennessee, USC, you know, he did go to FAU for a while, but I don't know that he turned them around necessarily from a, a doormat or kind of a dysfunctional situation. And so that's that's just an example of this. He might get hurt if I emphasize that in these sorts of uh, ratings. And Josh says there's too much drama with Kiffin, and that's that that's fine too. Um, and, and and so maybe I'll change my mind on that. It'll be interesting if I can, if I can ever figure out um, this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dave says I, I think it's the best way to hire the right guy. What are the four to five things the program needs, and who checks the most boxes in their history? Characteristics like can they recruit or hire good recruiters? Can they build culture? Are they competent at strength and conditioning? Do they develop player? Are they skilled at game management? Will they be good with media? Will they engage successfully with boosters, investors, etc.? So yeah. I think that's right. Maybe they need my index up there at Memorial Stadium once I get this thing put together. Although I don't know how to rate half like competent at strength and conditioning. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's such a hard one, right? I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what he's saying, but I don't know how you. It's it's not like I look at the list and know in my head who's good with strength and conditioning on that list. What's yeah, right. It's just I guess I always kind of think of that as like, well, I'll watch the program, and if I think they look strong and tough, then I'm like, they're good at strength and conditioning. But it's something that, like, of all the things that normal fans talk about, strength and conditioning is the one that I think we have like the least idea about, and yet we talk about it, you know, as much as a lot of other things. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, if you ask me to go analyze all the, co- I'm going to need help if I'm going to put that in my index to, yeah, uh, exactly. to figure that out. But I mean. I, the, Here's the thing. Here's what I see happening, Josh, and you alluded to it a little bit that people are calling Matt Campbell Mike Riley. I've still, I still, I said this. The I said this like the hour after he was fired. I was like, give me just in terms of what's going to happen, give me Campbell or Leipold, Leipold, and you guys can have the field. And I bet that I'm right that I pick the coach that they get. We'll see if that plays out. But that's what I, I felt from the beginning. But I also am already starting to feel the undercurrent of that those are underwhelming hires. Definitely. I think they will be for people. And by the way, I would I would throw Bill O'Brien into that, and then I would take those three coaches versus the field. Okay. Interesting. You're that, That's what I would that, you're that You think that, uh, not even from a what you think they need, but just in terms of likelihood, huh? Yeah, I, I think that Trev really likes what O'Brien brings to the table. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. So it's funny, you know, because I've heard, I've heard a lot of the stuff that other people have heard over the last year that, you know, he's interested in Matt Campbell and Matt Campbell's interested in Nebraska. And for the record, I think that that is very real. That's not like r- rumor. Um, I don't know anything though about what he thinks of uh, Leipold. That's the one like part of this. And I need to, I just need to ask around. I haven't heard anything about what, what Trev thinks of, of him. I have to imagine that Leipold would obviously be interested in Nebraska, but no idea on, on what that Trev thinks about him though. Yeah. The more the more success they have, the more other schools are going to start asking about him too. I mean, what what he has done, like it has put him on the map. Like he was a name that how many people around the country knew like three weeks ago, and now everybody knows it. Yeah, seemingly. Yeah, that was impressive yesterday. I mean, I know Houston hasn't quite been yeah. what people thought they would be, but man, 
Josh asked a good question then. Are we pushing uh, Mickey aside for good? I was all in, but after yesterday, I think we need someone with head coaching experience. I'm the same place I was before. If he, if he, sh- he still got time the rest of the season, he's going to have a, we know now even more than we did a week ago, he's going to have an incredibly uphill battle. But if he gets to the point where, you know, they pull off five, six, seven wins, seven, seven wins, seven. seems unbelievably likely. But if he does that, that changes things. But as of now, that it just doesn't seem likely. And my focus is what I said yesterday on the show is how do you keep him in the program? To me, I that, just that that that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I, I don't mean to be a jerk. I just don't think that he is like a realistic candidate. You know, I think what you just described is is not going to happen. And so maybe I'm viewing it t- too much through that lens of like, what if they roll off seven wins? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool, but I don't think that's happening. I'm just and, saying, in terms, it's that's. In the in the realm, if you're evaluating when he becomes a candidate, that's when it happens. That's how, yeah, yeah. And I just I think this job is just, I think it's it's in such a place that I, I don't think Trev would want to hire a first timer. And I I know he technically wouldn't be a first timer. He'd have nine games under his belt. But I I just I think that he knows that this job right now, and that's not a knock on Mickey. Um, no. it's just that he hasn't been a head God, coach. A and look, I would say situation. this too. He's in a horrid what was that? Situation. He's just in a horrid situation. It's yeah, terrible. He really is. He, yeah, he's. You know, I said what I did about Ryan Day a few minutes ago. He was born on third base. I mean, like, I, I guess I'll just remake this comparison that I did yesterday. Uh, you know, there's the idea of earned earned runs in baseball, where you know a, a relief pitcher will come into this. a game, yeah. and there will be you know runners on you know first, second, and third, and and a, a hit will happen, and that pitcher is not punished. That yesterday was that in in my opinion with Scott Frost like Mickey entered the the season and there were and what I said to Mitch Sherman was you know a relief pitcher will come into a game with runners on second and third then give up a hit I view this like that except there were somewhere or there were somehow two runners on each base like that's the situation that Mickey has entered into but I will also say this and and if you listen to how Damon talks about him uh, my my read is Mickey doesn't want to be a head coach, and Mickey is saying all the right things, but he actually doesn't want the job. So I would kind of throw that out there too. Like I don't even know if he wants it. Yeah, you know? I I asked that at the beginning. Like, does he? And he said he said multiple times. Well, he saw he in the press conference of the time he, he sidestepped clear, it a little bit. If you read that quote that, again in that Revson interview, in that Revson interview that I posted here, he re, I mean he sidestepped it even way more. Yeah. Um, he didn't even answer the question. And so maybe yeah. maybe there's something to that. But again, the biggest question to me is biggest question to me is not is he listen, if things go crazy well, we can start talking about this. Question sure. to me is can you keep him in the program and should you keep him in the program? And I tend to think you should. Um, yes. Yeah, I think I think uh, we're and all especially if especially if you've got the type of coach that is a coach that's uh, you know not likely to stay around for a whole you know a real long time. Yeah. And I, I just, I want to say this too, Jack, like, because I've seen some frustration, like, he's the head coach, and that's, so, I don't want to talk about other candidates. And it's like, okay, let's, we need to chill out a little bit. Like, this is not being anti-Mickey Joseph if you're like, who's the next head coach, and you don't mention him. Like, that's the situation the program finds itself in. Very rarely, I guess I don't want to say very rarely, I don't know the stats. Interim coaches don't take over yeah. the job, though, all the time, I mean, you know? And Trev sometimes they do, and it much. doesn't work out well. Trev said as much, they're looking all over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's not looking at it that way. Why would we at this yeah. point? Uh, just exactly. a couple of things, though. Uh, Josh says, seeing Mickey take responsibility for the game and not throwing assistants and players under the bus was so refreshing. Yeah, I'm not going to deny any of that. He's still a oh, breath. Oh, man. He is still a giant breath of fresh air. 
and he was yeah. going. He's going to make a, a little bit now. If it's forty-nine to seven losses all the way, it's going to be terrible. But he's going to make a little bit of what goes on over the next few weeks more palatable. I think. Just I think so of how too. He handles it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'd say that. He's, I mean, how, he's just he's blunt. It's how awesome. about that? Uh, oh, sorry. I, I wanted to ask you before we run out of time. How about those comments yeah. by Farmer about we've been tagging in practice for years? Uh, uh, just paraphrasing. I mean, yeah. is the is that the 2022 version of uh, they hadn't been squatting? <laughs> yeah, it is. It that's a great comparison. I look like I I think I don't. I guess I don't want to speak for everybody. I knew that this year they weren't hitting as much because I mean I think the spring game was kind of indicative of that, and and I thought that the coaches had talked about it on the record. Maybe they didn't. I, I have no idea. I didn't realize this was going on for a couple of years though. Like I I don't know, man. Like one of the wasn't one of like the tenants. Of the Scott Frost era at the start, like we're finally going to be tough again, and I mean they weren't tough, but I thought that they were at least practicing tough, and apparently that wasn't the case. That was, yeah, that was that was very very strange, very very strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it feel like feels like it does explain some things. Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. Well, and why? Why? Like and why? why? Yeah. Is it? I mean, I mean, are you really worried about injuries that much? You're worried about depth. You know? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of like this vicious, you know, circle, right? Vicious but, cycle where you don't think you have enough depth, you know, but your team's not good enough. I mean, they, they've the, the talk about getting more guys reps too. I've heard um, that that more players are getting more reps now, and so that was again one of like the the kind of flagship things. Supposedly, that's why they wanted 150 players, and they wanted a million. That was the critique of Mike Riley that the the yeah. backup players were bored during practice. Yeah, I mean, I exactly. heard that plenty. I heard that yeah. plenty. But you know what, though, I I am glad that we have. I don't, and I don't think we will that we did not hear Mickey Joseph saying that. Right? We were putting. It yeah, down. it's better that I, it came, came I, from the players. I, I am that 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 was a red flag to me at at the beginning of the whole thing, and I. I should have I should have taken that more seriously. It was yeah. a it was a dumb thing to do at that time to continue to go back and play blame the previous coaching I hated staff it. over and over. I again. hated it. I did too. I did yeah. too, and I and it was more indicative of what was really happening than I even realized at yeah. the uh, at the time. Let me uh, uh, let me ask you real quick about um, uh, about. What was that? Oh yeah, the the potential of some more moves happening, and I know there's been yeah. chatter and talk around this. Like the question is, my one of the things I wonder is, okay, like say I and I suppose the first person you would think about is is Chinander and maybe Chinander. and 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 then also maybe Rayola. Uh, I suppose that's not me knowing anything. That's just me sort of using common sense here at this point. Mm-hmm. But like, are there people to even take over those positions? Like, what does it look like if they do something like that? So if if Chenander and and for the record, I think that will happen. Um, if that if if Chenander is gone, this is just my guess. I've always thrown out Bill Bush as the name because he's been a defensive coordinator before, uh, and him and Mickey know each other like from you know previous stops. So uh, that's always the name I've looked at. Somebody tweeted at me this morning. Let me see if I can find it real fast. I think they said that that Sipple mentioned the possibility of like a Travis Fisher taking over. And so that, you know, that, I mean, that certainly was interesting. Hey, yeah. He thinks that Travis Fisher would be DC. Uh, that was from Corey. I heard that this morning from Corey on Twitter. So I don't know. The question that you ask is a, is a good one though. Like why, why do this or, or how will it help? 
and I guess my answer has been kind of like what Trev did with the head coaching job of, you know, sometimes you just have to admit to people or you have to say out loud, this is not good enough and we are not okay with this and we are going to try to do something different. But I do understand people saying, yeah, Josh, it's September 18th though and everyone has a job right now. So you're just going to hand over the role to maybe Bill Bush and then that means he's not focusing on special teams and then you're going to have to promote somebody to handle his, you know, position group. Like I get all that. I understand why that's a bad thing, but... I mean, the defense is also a tire fire right now. Yeah, and and you think of Chenander. I mean, he's been connected to Frost. His you know his coaching career. They were the best year. men in each other's weddings, yeah. right? Like both of them like, were. I can see how he would be checked out now, at this yes. point. Yeah, I his mean, career, yeah, this goes his beyond career here just is like done after this year. I mean, there correct. might be a part of it that's almost a relief. I don't know if yeah, he feels that exactly. way or not, but I could. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, um, it just it goes beyond a normal assistant because. Yeah. Again, because he, him, and Frost are like—I mean, they're actual friends, right. you know. Like they got it goes beyond just talking, a normal hire, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if if there are people checked out, and and I mean, let's face it—you're in it. It's just a—it's a terrible situation to be put in that as an assistant who's still on the staff. You've got nine, eight games left, and you know you're not going to be back here next year, almost for sure. Exactly. It's like a ninety-nine yeah. percent likelihood. Like, how do you get yourself up in the morning and get ready to do a good job at work? That can't yeah, be easy. Tough. I don't. I almost don't. Don't, don't blame him. Uh, yeah. Well, should we watch some football? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be all right. That'd be good. <laughs> when do the Cowboys play today? Uh, let me let me say this before we go. Again, everyone in here right now that is listening live, you are a patron, and we appreciate your patronage. Anyone who is listening after the fact, if you would look, like to join in. We do shows three times a week, normally two on Saturday, one on Monday. You can go to patreon.com slash i80club. We have, sadly, Jack, we have surpassed 69 patrons. Did we get another we're one yesterday? Seven, we, we're, we got another one this morning, and I think two yesterday, so we're up to 72. We appreciate everyone who's joined wow, in. I didn't even um, get the notifications, or I didn't see them. Cool. Oh, yeah. it's uh, we, we're, in all seriousness, we're having a great time. Um, we would love you to for you to become... A, uh, a patron so you can do so there and by the way if you are a patron don't forget to head to the website patreon.com slash club there's a full explainer on how you can subscribe and get all of the podcasts immediately into your feed if you are unable to join like today for example a, a, a sunday morning instead of a saturday night you can uh subscribe with a private rss link and you can get all of that stuff immediately that is one of your benefits you get every piece of content we do and you get it right after we are finished so uh, we appreciate everyone joining us. And it's funny, Jack, when we started this thing, one of the ideas we had was, hey, if breaking Husker news happens, we'll be here for you. And uh, I'm, obviously there's going to be more news to break over the uh, the coming weeks and months. Uh, so we'll uh, continue to do stuff. But uh, obviously the Saturday shows and then the Monday night show are the uh, bedrock of the club at this moment in time. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll put out our schedule. I don't quite know what it's going to look like for next weekend. Uh, but we will figure it out, and if you want to hear them live and be part of the chat like these guys are, uh, become a Patreon between now and then, plus enjoy the community during the course of the week, which I know all of our members will do, and I will do, and, and hopefully you will as well. Uh, all right, I want to talk some about some club things, so I'm going to end the podcast now. Have a great one, everybody. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate us with as many stars as you can, and we will see you next time.